Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of High School Not So Much Musical. This is the second part in our two-part series with Brendan, who is an experienced public speaker and has his very own public speaking business. Be sure to stay tuned for his insightful thoughts on public speaking right after this. This is High School Not So Much a Musical, a podcast that takes you on a ride through the peaks and valleys of a high school journey. Here are your presenters, Nitin Jaladanki and Ayush Agarwal. Yeah, these small, small exercises, I've definitely realized that I've kind of implemented them into, you know, practicing for debate as well. Like if I have to make a case or do research, in addition, five minutes a day, I'll spend doing these activities and, you know, they really help with an enunciation, uh, expressing every single word, slowing down, uh, being more persuasive as opposed to just trying to get all my points out in one go. Uh, and that that's what a lot of people don't realize. All of these small changes, it takes five minutes a day. You know, they don't need to do more than that. And it, the, it really adds up. Uh, and in fact, we were just recording a podcast earlier about health and fitness and kind of how a lot of people try to make changes too quickly, you know? So they'll go from zero to a hundred in like one day on, on January 1st, they'll decide, okay, I want to be a better public speaker. So I'm going to start spending two hours a day, three hours a day doing a bunch of exercises or, uh, you know, I want to lose weight. So I'm going to go on this crash diet for, uh, immediately as Jan first starts, et cetera. Whereas they don't realize the better way to kind of do it is do the slow, gradual life changes. So for public speaking, that could be five minutes a day. And then every day, do 30 seconds more. And then when you look back at it over a course of six months, you realize, hey, I'm doing a productive hour of almost like an a productive hour of public speaking practice every day. And I'm able to do it on a routinely basis because I eased into it. I didn't just go straight first into two to three hours a day and then quit after a while. I went from five to five thirty to six to six thirty all the way to sixty. So that, that that's kind of what um, I think helps a lot. I was wondering if you what, what 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 do you think of that? Do you think it's better to kind of go straight first, or do you think it's better to gradually ease into it? And is is this something you? try to implement with your clients as well? Do you have them, you know, let's say, uh, again, I'll just use the January 1st example. On January 1st, if they come to you and say, hey, I want to become a better public speaker, do you directly get them into a very, like, a very, uh, what's it called? Like a plan where they're spending lots of hours every day or are you kind of easing them into it? How, how, How do you work with your clients? Yeah, it's a great question, brother. I I think what I would say is a lot of what you said is definitely the truth in the sense that if we rush into something too quickly with too high expectations, we'll tend to burn out. And the good analogy with this is content creation is you're posting YouTube videos every single day. And then at some point you're just like, shit, like this is a lot of work and I'm burnt out. So how do you do that sustainably? So I think what I would say is definitely your approach is sound to me where you gradually build up your confidence over time. And that's why I always like to say five words a day, five minutes a day. You do five random word exercises a day, 
for five minutes. That's it. One minute each exercise. That's all I'm asking for. Because if you do that for a year, you'll have done the exercise over 1800 times. And people don't really grasp that number. Literally 1800 times. If you do the random word exercise five times every day for a year, which is crazy. That's more than most people do in their lifetimes. Even if you do like a hundred random words, you'll have done more than some people have done in their lifetimes, which is crazy if you think about it. But of course, what I would say the difference between, you know, the people who are my clients, which I see is a very smaller per percentage of the population I use, they're looking for results quickly. That's why they pay me good money. So I would say for those people, like think executives, think entrepreneurs, think coaches, those people, I would say it's more intense where we get them to do the random word exercise a lot more. But the difference is in that setting, they have a coach, right? They have somebody like me that holds them accountable. So they're, they're feeling that pressure and they're like, okay, I need to deliver because everyone else is putting in the work. But I would say for a high schooler who, for of course, can't afford a coach just yet, I definitely think the gradual approach is good because it's healthy, it's sustainable. And you don't feel the need of having that enforced accountability because the daily exercises that you're doing are just that they're easy, right? They're sustainable. It's only five minutes a day. And then you build your confidence up and then you could do harder and harder things every day until you get to a place where you can master the harder thing. Awesome. So I actually have two questions for you. So number one, I think not this last response, but the previous response, you talked about Toastmasters and how it can improve your public speaking, especially as a high school student. So number one, if you could talk about what exactly Toastmasters is. And the second question I had for you, uh, which is kind of a new topic, but I wanted to talk to you about uh, what public where, wh what public speaking opportunities have you participated in in terms of you know speaking uh, physically in front of crowds. So where 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 have you participated in some of those opportunities, and what have you kind of talked about at those events? And uh, what were some of your favorite events? What were some that you felt you could have done a little bit better at? Uh, what were some where you thought you did really well at, etc. Yeah, for sure, man. Happy, happy to comment on that. I think, I think for me is, you know, especially in the topic of, you know, places where I've had the time to speak and the opportunity to do so. And this is something for those of you who do want to become professionals is you have to specialize. You don't want to generalize and be all things to all people. You have to have a subject matter expertise because that's why that's how people value you. They go, okay, that person's the expert on X. So I'm going to bring that person in to give a speech on X. So in my case, every time I get hired to speak these days, I use it's always on the topic of communication and public speaking. So I'm giving communication workshops. I'm giving keynotes on how to communicate ideas. That's really where my focus is. And that's how I've found some success. And I've, of course, to your point, I've made a ton, 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 ton of mistakes along the way. I remember this one time I gave a keynote in front of 400 people. And I had like a month to prepare for it. So I was ready to go. It's like a 20, 25 minute keynote. And I find out 15 minutes before the presentation that I have to give the presentation in two languages at the same time. The director literally said, hey, Brandon, can you do half of it in French? I was like, what? They're like, yeah, half this audience here doesn't speak English. And of course, I know how to speak French, but I didn't prepare for my presentation in two languages. So not my best showing, but what allowed me to still show up in a, in a big way, Ayush, 
was really realizing that, hey, wait a second, I'm not here for me. I'm here to serve these high schoolers. There were like 400 high schoolers who were building a part of an innovation challenge. And if they look at me as their role model and I don't know how to communicate, they're just going to say, well, if Brendan can't do it, how in the world am I supposed to communicate effectively? I'm just going to give up on that. And for me, that's unacceptable. I need to deliver so that people go, oh, well, if Brendan can do it, so can I. So that's been my experience in public speaking. It's been it's been a fun journey. And I'd say the advice I have for that is really to focus on one topic, one keynote, and really get really good at one subject. Can you remind me of the first question that you asked, Ayush? Yeah, the first question was about Toastmasters, what exactly it is, how you found it useful. Oh, thanks, Ayush. So yeah, so for Toastmasters, that's basically a nonprofit. It's called Toastmasters International. They host small clubs across the world where you can join a group in your area. So if you live in any major city, I can pretty much guarantee there's a Toastmasters organization somewhere. And you can sign up. You can do a couple of, of, um, of sessions at a club for free just to test it out as a guest. And I encourage you to, to go check that out, especially if you're a high schooler because you're not at a place right now where you can afford a speech coach unless you have rich parents. Well, in that case, that, that works out well for you. But I would say for most high schoolers, I, I think Toastmasters is a great, great, great start because it creates that accountability, that community with people who want to get better at communication as well. So I highly encourage you to check that out. And I highly recommend Toastmasters, especially for those who can't afford a speech coach. Awesome. Yeah, and um, to the listeners, I also use some resources for public forum debate, et cetera, that also have like a couple speech drills. So I can also put those in the, um, in the description of this video so that way you can refer to those and also as brendan mentioned he has those uh free workshops so brendan if you could actually talk about that one more time just so the listeners know to check that out as well yeah absolutely thanks for that Ayush. yeah this this is open for everyone so if you're listening you're a high schooler don't even worry about coaching fees or anything like that you are more than invited this is our give back to the community so feel free to just register for one of them and attend as many as you'd like. So that free training link is simply rockstarcommunicator.com. And once you go to rockstarcommunicator.com, you'll see a place that says reserve my seat. And then you'll have dates available where I'll be giving live interactive Zoom calls and I'll be coaching a lot of people in that call for free. So yeah, if you're someone who wants to take advantage of that, highly recommend you do so. I won't do them forever. So be sure to sign up for those and take advantage of them. Thanks for that. Awesome. Thanks, Ren. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about was how much do you think reading, which is what we talked about earlier, actually helps in public speaking? Because, you know, I, I kind of just asserted that. But, but to be honest, I haven't read too much uh, since, you know, reading a lot of fiction in elementary school. But since then, due to, you know, the stress of academics and middle and high school, I've been pretty busy with that. So do you, do you think that uh, reading actually genuinely improves one's public speaking? Because I feel like it definitely can. But what I've also noticed is that a lot of people who read a lot um, tend to be quite introverted, which is what we talked about earlier as well, and uh, tend to, you know, kind of be a little bit shy, a little bit, you know, closed off, etc. 
You know, it's funny that you say that, Ayush, because you made it, you made the assumption that I read a lot because you're like, oh, it's for your book and this. And I probably communicated the fact that I did. But to be honest, I don't actually read that much. I read very, very little. Most of my content consumption is actually podcast. Don't get me wrong. I invest a lot into myself. I probably listen to 10, 20 hours of podcast a week. But I'm really bad at listening and even reading books. I, I read a book cover to cover last week for the first time in like three years since I read Thirst by Scott Harrison, the book we talked about earlier. That was the only book I remember to memory that I actually read cover to cover, like in a physical copy of a book. So in terms of your question, I think the simple thing, and I say that in the free training too, so to keep things simple, the best way to learn how to speak coincidentally, surprisingly, is to speak look at that right the best way to speak is to speak so yes do i think reading helps with your vocabulary and whatnot of course it doesn't hurt but i think if your goal is to master communication and public speaking you need to be a practitioner you can't just listen to me on a podcast you need to actually do the podcast you need to actually be the guest on the podcast you need to actually do the random word exercise make a bunch of mistakes even for me man my first youtube video was total garbage and I'm sure you've probably seen a couple of my old stuff. I'm literally on my mom's couch just going, uh, yeah, so hi, guys. Uh, welcome to Master Talk. So even for someone like me who at that point had a lot of experience communicating ideas, even when I started the YouTube channel, I still sucked on video. Same thing when I started guesting on podcasts. What is this, like two years ago almost? I took a phone out and the guy was like, uh, don't you have a headset? I was like, what's a headset? I'm just using my phone to do this podcast. And he was like, oh boy, this is going to be really bad. And boy, was it terrible. So that's that's the point I want to drive is, is the idea that, hey, over time, yes, books help, different mediums help, but nothing helps you more than just speaking. Right, and that goes for pretty much everything, right? I mean... Uh, obviously they, these accessory things help and indirectly contribute, but the best way to get good at something is just doing that thing over and over, failing, doing it again, doing it again, doing it again, doing it again, etc. So um, I kind of wanted to uh, close it off as we reach kind of the end of the podcast. Uh, and I wanted to ask the final tips question that we ask all the guests that come on. Uh, obviously you've given a lot of tips about public speaking in this podcast already. Um, you know, doing five minutes a day, uh, starting young as a high schooler, jo joining your workshops, listening to podcasts, joining these types of clubs that force you to speak publicly, really finding your passion, et cetera, all these tips. But if there are any other tips that you think would provide that you should provide to high schoolers that would set them up for success in terms of public speaking, in terms of speaking at job interviews, speaking at college application interviews, speaking at, you know, um, when they're presenting their research paper in college or when they're presenting it at their job, et cetera. What, what, are, what, are, what are some of the final tips that you have for the audience? Yeah, absolutely, brother. I would give you one that most people don't think of. So if you apply this, for those of you who made it to the end of the show, congrats. This tip alone will, will make it worth your time to have listened to the episode. So the tip is called question drills. 
basically what a question drill is is simply this have you ever been in a situation where you're giving a presentation to high school and your teacher comes up to you with a question that you don't know the answer to same thing when you're doing a job interview somebody asks you a question that you don't really think through and you're kind of like uh not sure to handle that what a question drill allows you to do ayush is it allows you to preemptively guess every possible question that you're going to get asked in general so that when you have answers for everything you feel invincible so i'll give you an example the next time that you're doing a school project a group project where you have to present this is what i recommend your team does gather together in a group let's say you're four people on a zoom call or in person whatever wherever you live and however you the current world operates and literally just drill each other what are all the questions that our teacher is going to ask us on this subject. Okay, what do you think, Ayush? Okay, what do you think, Nitin? What do you think, Brendan? And then come up with all of the answers, all of the possible questions, and just drill each other until you have an answer for everything. Another cool trick that I really like, this is like a magic trick, is put a slide, make a slide literally in the appendix at the end of your deck on each answer to each question. So if a teacher asks you a question, that you have a slide on, you could say something like, thank you so much, Miss Julia. Can we go to slide 84, please? Boom. And then the slide literally has the answer to the question, which blows the minds out of teachers. So that's a, a, a very sharp way to be successful. Another tip I'll give, which is more life related, not communication related, but it still is, is the idea of playing in teams. I think the worst mistake that high schoolers and college students make is when they apply for schools or they apply for jobs, they, they do it, they assume that they're competing against everyone else. And I think that's a really archaic and dumb way of approaching it. I think the smarter approach is to do this. Why don't me and Ayush team up? Because if me and Ayush team up and we practice with each other for seven hours straight and we make each other the best applicants possible, there is nobody else who can compete with us. And that's exactly what I did in university. I, I took my five smartest friends. We all worked together. We all drilled each other. We prepared each other for our own job interviews, but we went into the process. Nobody can compete against our group of five as individuals because we had prepped each other so much. So think about your life in collaboration. Find people that you really resonate with and practice all of these exercises as a group. Because trust me, if you can team up with two, three other people, you as a group will be way stronger than any individual applicant and you'll always get the job. And you know, the best part is, is if you do a job interview and they all get the job and you don't, guess who they're going to refer next? You, because you're the person who spent all of the hours helping them. So of course they're going to reciprocate. And that's the key. Play team and you'll win big in life. Awesome. Yeah, those were some awesome tips. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on, Brandon. And for all of our listeners, I'll link all of Brandon's stuff in the description. So make sure to check all of, you know, his YouTube content and his website and his workshops out because they're all really fantastic, as you can see from the results and how great he publicly speaks. So uh, thanks for coming on. And to our listeners, stay tuned for future episodes. High School Not So Much A Musical is hosted by Ayush Agarwal and Nitin Jaladanki. Narration by Samhit Padala. Music from Louis Luang Relaxation Cafe, Tune Pocket, and Infraction. If you like the show, please recommend it to your friends and family. Thank you for listening and see you next time.